0: ELC Radio. Love God, lift others. Welcome to Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. Bibles now to Colossians chapter one. We're beginning a new series in here called the double helix. All right. Double helix. And you might say, Felix, the cat. What is that? Eh? No, I'm not talking Felix, the cat. I'm talking the double helix. And uh, uh, that's for all our science people out there. You, you know what that has to do with. But the subheading in this series is building blocks for your identity. And we want to start here in Colossians chapter 1. Uh, We're going to read from verse 9 all the way to verse 18. And this is in the New King James Version here. It says this, For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power. Now, if you haven't noticed this, this scripture, this means business. What, what, what the writer is doing He's saying, I'm praying that these things are going to be a part of your life. Amen. amen. I said, amen. And so uh, let's keep reading. And he says, uh, Being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience, and look at this word, and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers, listen to this, of the inheritance of the saints in the light. For he has delivered us from the power of darkness, And he's conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Now listen to this. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things are created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord God, that the word has power to change our lives. And I thank you for the spirit of revelation that brings scriptures alive. The spirit of revelation that makes it applied into our life, so that we change and conform to it. Lord, as we get into this series, I pray that we're challenged. I pray that the light bulb goes on, so to speak, in our lives. And that we learn who you have created us to be. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen, and amen. The double helix. What is a double helix? Well, you can. I want to encourage you to take notes during these during this series here. Use your phone, your your iPad, whatever it is. Uh, your, your pen, pen. Bring bring a piece of paper, whatever you got to do. But take some notes. Amen. So the double helix. That's what we're talking about. Building blocks for your identity. A double helix is basically this. It's a pair of parallel helix intertwined about a common access. These double-stranded molecules are made up of nucleic acids, or what we call DNA. Go ahead and put that picture on the screen there. Many of you have maybe seen this picture here. That is basically what a double helix is. This is DNA. This is what we're all made up of. The definition of DNA is DNA is made up of chemical building blocks called nucleotides. Y'all getting a science lesson today, amen? Uh, your genetic code, is basically your genetic code that determines, listen, what you are. Those little strands in that pic, go ahead and put that picture back up. Those little strands, those things determine what you are. And you and I are made up of that DNA and, and, and your DNA instructs each organism cells on which proteins to make. You know, the DNA that's inside you determines if you're a plant, if you're an animal, or if you're a human being, or whatever else. It's made up of this DNA, okay? Now, that's as far into it as I'm going. Amen? Somebody say amen. I did not go to school to be a student of that. You can go on Google, you you can YouTube, find out more information about it if you would like. But what I'm applying it to and why I'm using this as an illustration is because the word is 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 also where we get our spiritual DNA, our double helix of the things that we're made up of. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17, you can put that on the screen. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things. Have become new. I'm gonna read it to you again. If it's in you, you, got it in your word there, highlight it, underline it. Listen to this. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, has been born again, he is a new creature. Look at your neighbor and say, You're a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Guys, you know what the Bible's telling us? When you give your life to Jesus Christ, you become something else. You are not like people in this world that don't know God. When you pray that prayer and you make a decision and you say, God, I'm going to serve you. Be the Lord of, your, of my life. The Bible says something happens. And I believe even in the, scientific, in the science world, something happens. You become something new. You are no longer the same creature that did all the things that you did before, that had all the habits, that had all the generational curses or bends that you had before. The Bible says you're new. You're new. You're something called a child of God. Can I get a good strong amen on that? Amen. So, so as we're talking about building blocks of our character, the first building block I want to give you is going to sound very basic, but you got to let me take you deeper into it. Because some of you know this in your head, but you don't know it in your heart. I'll say that again. Some of you know this truth in your head, but you don't know it in your heart. And Jesus said this, it's only the word that's planted in your heart that brings change. The words you know in your head doesn't do much. It's good to have it in your head. But until it gets in your heart, it doesn't change how you live your life. And so the evidence of the word that is in your heart is showed by the way you live your life. Amen? Amen. And so the first building block in the DNA of the believer that you've got to get, and I'm going to put these in hashtags here because, you know, that's kind of how uh, in today's world we, we, we know things and stuff. And if you post anything from the church, church service today, I want you to use this hashtag. The first building block in the double helix of your life that I want you to understand is this. We are family. Amen. We are family. Come on, was it Sister Sledge saying it best over 40 years ago? We are family. Come on, yeah. I got all my sisters in me. I don't have no sisters, but now I do through the family of God. So uh, put, that, put that hashtag on the screen there if you don't mind. We are family. Amen? I want you to write that down in your notes. We are family. Okay? Now, this is so important, but yet some of us go, oh, yeah, I know this. We're part of the family of God. Are you able to get that up over there? Okay. Uh, Well, I know this. You know, we're part of the family of God. I get it, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, but you have not let this truth get into your heart till you start understanding what it means to be family. Now, most people, the word family means something different to all of us. Some of us had an amazing family experience growing up. Others of us, family just means drama. Family means heartache. And some of us really didn't get to experience family. Are we able to get it up there? There we are. All right? So, so I want to spend some time kind of unpacking this a little bit. So please do not turn me off because you think, oh, I know this. I've heard this. Because you may know it in your mind, but I want to get it deeper in your heart so that you understand how this can change your life if you grasp it. Okay? So we're new creatures in Christ, and the first building block in our double helix in the spirit is the understanding that we are Family, Look at Galatians chapter 3, 23 through 26. It says, But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law. It kept for the faith, which would afterward be revealed. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we may be justified by faith. Now listen to this. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor or a teacher. For you all are sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Can I get a good strong amen on that? See, some of us think, oh yeah, amen, we're sons of God. No, wait a minute. That is one of the most profound statements that has ever been written to humanity the fact that you and I can be related by a family bond to the creator of the universe. When this was written, when this was preached by Jesus, it blew the minds of the followers of God in that day. It's one of the main reasons they crucified Jesus. How dare he say, He is a son of God. And Jesus took it even further. He said, oh, no, no. It's not just I'm not the only son. I'm the firstborn son. If you come in the family through me, guess what? You become a son. That was the last straw. That's it. We're killing this fool. (laughs) This guy's nuts. There's no way he's the son of God. And beyond that, where where does he get off claiming God as father? So then the disciples, they travel with him, you know, and all this, and they, and they see his prayer life, and, and they say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And, te- and Jesus goes into the prayer that most of us learned when we were going to the Catholic church. Come on, amen? We learned, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Go ahead, I'll let you do this. Go ahead. <laughs> But what is so profound about that prayer is how he opens it up. Our Father. You ever think about that? He didn't say, pray, my Father. He didn't say that. He'd say, pray like this, my Father who art in heaven. And there's a reason he didn't use my Father. Because he wants us to understand we are families we're family. He wanted his disciples to understand he's not just my father. He's our father. And what do you call people that share the same father? We call them family. We call them brothers. We call them sisters. We call them family. Guys, you are in a family. But here's the kicker. God is the father of that family. Yeah, I got two amens on that. Because y'all don't get it. I'm going to be honest with you. And I tell you, for a long time, I didn't get it. Because we try to grasp it with our normal minds. And I'm going to ask you to go deeper in the spirit and try to grasp it with your spirit. And I'm going to try to help you bring understanding of why that is so heavy. So what we just read here in Galatians chapter 3 was mind-blowing when he says, hey, you know, when you were just serving God through the law, through the rules, the regulations, the Ten Commandments, he said that couldn't take you into the family of God. All it could do was point you to Christ. So even if you fulfilled the law, you still weren't a son of God. You were a good follower of God. You were a good servant of God. But here's what Jesus did. Jesus said, hey, man, forget all that. Forget all that. And he gave us the great commandment. When you come to Jesus, the commandment that we should be consumed with, because some of y'all are still trying to just live by the Ten Commandments. Well, how did I break any commandments today? Oh, man, you know. And you're still trying to go by that. When, when Jesus said, hey, if you're a follower of me, here's all you got to do. He said, love the Lord your God with everything and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said this, if you'll just do that, you will fulfill every single law in the the law and the prophets. Everything. Everything. Just do that. Now, we've translated that in our church to be love God, lift others. Because Christianity has to be something that other people feel. If people don't feel your love, here's what it equates to. You're not loving God. Jesus said this, the two commandments are the same. Love God with everything. And he said the second commandment is the same as the first, and love your neighbor as yourself. Because here's what he goes on to say through the scriptures. When you do something for the least of these, you're doing it as unto me. He tells the parable when you get to heaven and, and, and they see the, the master and the master says, man, thank you for visiting me in prison. And the master says, hey, man, the, the, the servant says, hey, I never I never went to see you in prison. He said, no, you did. When you and saw your homie that you grew up with and you visited in prison. I took that as if you were doing it to me. You know, when you fed that homeless guy, he goes, I took that as if you were doing it to me. You know, when you served in the nursery and you was rocking those babies. Thanks for rocking me. You know, when you were serving the youth at church, you were serving me. And boy, did I need you in those teenage years. Like literally, that's how God equates love. So some of us, when you understand that, you're in trouble because you don't serve nobody. And this is why we, we, we push this so hard, man. Like you got to get involved. Because one day you will face your master and he will come back at you with thank yous for what you did for others. Are you guys seeing this? It's so important that we grasp this, okay? But, but what, what, what we're talking about here is how amazing it was that when you come to Jesus, he puts you in the family of God. And he says, hey, the law couldn't do all that. This is all I want you to focus on. Loving me and loving others. That's what family does. Amen? Let me take you over here to Galatians chapter 4, verse 3 and 7. It says, even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. How many remember when we were in bondage to the world? Amen? Anybody remember that? I'm the only one raising a hand right now. Come on, wake up. You're gonna, you're gonna get to, I'm going to let you go early for the game. Don't worry. How many remember when you were in bondage? Or do I got to get a prophetic word and start calling some of y'all out? (laughs) Is that that what we're looking for, calling up old sins? Listen, we all had them. We all did. We're were in bondage. You couldn't say no to save your life. Here, drink this. Okay. Smoke this. Okay. Take this. Okay. You had no no's in you. You were slave to the world. Amen? And he says this, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive, here it is, the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts crying out, Abba, Father, or what we would say, Daddy, Daddy. Therefore, You're no longer a slave, but a son. And if you're a son, then you're an heir of God through Christ. Which means this, if you're a son, you have an inheritance. You have an inheritance. But don't get it twisted. We're sons of God. We're daughters of God. We are family. Amen? And what's even greater than just being in a family, because being in a family is awesome, right? Or let me say it like this. It's supposed to be. Parents, if you have kids and you have a family, make it awesome. Make it awesome. That's your responsibility. Make it awesome. Make it an amazing experience. You know why? Because our kids need to learn that family is awesome. So that when I preach this to their generation, They'll be like, amen, instead of like some of us and going, is family really awesome? Because my Christmases were horrible. We never went on vacation. We never, you know what I'm saying? Some of us have that experience. No, when your kids, when they get to where they're hearing this in church, they're going to go, amen. Right? But can we just be real? Our, fa- our generation has a hard time with family. We have an even harder time with this, Father. We have a hard time with that. And can I tell you, this is the greatest blessing of all. Man, when you said, Jesus, come into my life, see, you might think the forgiveness of your sins was the greatest blessing. It wasn't. The greatest blessing was that you got adopted by the God of the universe. Y'all remember the movie Annie? Some of you old heads in here? Come on. The sun will come out tomorrow. That's as far as I'm going, all right? <laughs> but what was... Oh yeah, I'm taking y'all back to your childhood right there. But what was amazing about the movie Annie? It's about an orphan who gets adopted by a guy called Daddy, come on, Warbucks, Homeboy had money. So this little red-headed orphan, little red-headed afro, little white girl with an afro, gets adopted by this guy who's super rich. Can I just tell you, Hollywood ripped that off from us. Because you and I were that little red-headed orphan growing up. It's a hard knock life. Come on. It's a hard knock life. Da, 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 da. That's all I know. Okay, okay. <laughs> and I actually know that from Jay Z. So I. Don't... <laughs> so so that story is about going from listen a hard knock life to having a daddy called Daddy Warbucks. And can I just tell you something? That's us. Man, let's just be honest. Sometimes when we become Christians, you know what what is the worst thing about Christians? Sometimes is we get so comfortable with the blessing that we forget where we came from. We forget that you was once a scrub. You know that song, I Don't Want No Scrubs? That was you. They were singing that at you. We forget that, though now we know, okay, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm born again, I'm forgiven, we start believing. But you got to revisit the fact sometimes that before you came to Christ, you wasn't all right. You were far from okay. Amen? It's like Eddie was saying earlier, some of you think, oh, well, I wasn't doing this, I wasn't doing that. No, you was doing a lot of mess. And you got to come to the fact of this, before Christ, you was not okay. You weren't, you weren't Okay. And so the story is that when we come into Christ, we give Jesus our lives, we're adopted into the family of God. Can I just tell you this? Not everybody is in that family. I know it's not popular nowadays, because we just like to think, we're all children of God. The Bible says there's children on the earth of Satan with rebellion in their heart. Yeah, we're all just the children. No. Children of God are those that have received Jesus Christ and they're brought into the family of God through that adoption. And receiving the greatest blessing, which is this, God is now your daddy. Not even just your father, he's your daddy. That's what Abba, Father means. Now, here's where we come to an impasse. We don't know what it is like to be fathered. This is the generation right now that's on the earth that is known as the fatherless generation. And guys, I need to speak about this a little bit. And if you didn't have a father, I want you to listen real strong. Because it's not something uh, uh, where we're saying you have to be limited the rest of your life. It's not a death sentence to not have a father. And uh, it's none of those things. But there are some things you're going to have to pursue wholeheartedly. And that is getting a proper understanding of what a father is. Because you cannot grasp true family without understanding the role of the father. Now think about this. And this, you know, there's a reason why God sent Jesus to the earth to reveal him as father. Right? father. It's not just because, oh, well, God's a, God's a you know, male. No. He could have easily said, I'm sending Jesus to reveal me as mother. He could have easily done that, and it wouldn't have been a gender issue. But what God is trying to address is family and the role of father, or I should say it like this, the blessing of father. Now, if you're a man in here, you've got to lean in real strong Because you, if you're not already, will one day be in that role of father. And your success in that role will determine success in your kids, the next generation. I said your success in that role as father will translate into your kids, the next generation. So you cannot afford to just sit back and be like, ah, okay, that's my kids and I love them. I take them to Chuck E. Cheese. Because <laughs> that don't make a good father. Can I get a good strong amen on this? I'm going to spend some time. I'm not going to finish this today, but I want you to lean in on this. Because the greatest blessing that we have in the kingdom is that God is our daddy. But what happens if you never had a daddy? What happens if you didn't grow up in a home where there was a father? You saw fathers on TV. That was it. Or the father that you had was less than fatherly. The father that you had was not somebody that you wanted to emulate or even wanted in your life. Let me give you a few things about a father here to help us understand that we are family. A father's role is, number one, to create and enforce boundaries. A father's role is, number one, to create and enforce boundaries. I want you to write this down, especially if you're a man, but also if you're a woman. Because we live in a day and age where some women will not let their husbands be fathers. Because any time a father wants to rise up and set a boundary, oh, no, 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 don't do that to my babies. That's my baby. He could do what he wants to do. He can, no, 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 that's okay. He can do that. And all your husband's trying to do is be a father. A father's going to set some boundaries, ladies. Amen? Am I helping anyone today? Am I saving anybody's marriage today? Am I answering the question why you're not married anymore for some of us? Let's not think about it like that. I'm preparing you for the next one. Amen? Because the father's got to he, he. it's in him. He's going to be the one. Hey, I, we got boundaries in our house. My son's not out past midnight, nor my daughter. Well, why not? They're good kids. It's not about them being good or bad. It's about my responsibility to keep them safe. We have talks all the time now because they're older now and they go, man, dad, how come you wouldn't let me watch that one show? Because we had boundaries. Now, I'm not the only one that set boundaries. My wife set a lot of boundaries, and she still does. She still does. Did I say it like that? A lot of boundaries. Dang. My son's like a lot of them, yeah. But I'm specifically speaking about the Father, so as it pertains to this. So what does the Father do? He creates and enforces boundaries. This is why the Word has scriptures in it like, do not have sex before marriage. It's a boundary. Now, when you understand a father, you understand God's not up there going, I just don't want you to do that because I don't want you having fun. Because then we think things like this, it's 2020, dang. But when you understand God as father, you understand the boundaries there for my benefit. So when, he, we, when we read those scriptures... You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 to not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever, which basically means this do not marry and date unbelievers. When you understand a father and that he sets boundaries, that's all he's doing. Who is the boundary for? You. It's for you. But dang, he looks so good. (laughs) Dang, she looks so good. Yeah, he's got a nice car. Is he a believer? Then you have a decision, listen, 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 if you're a son or a daughter, to act on if you're a son or a daughter. Can I tell you what sons and daughters do? They obey their parents. Obedience is a sign of what you believe about yourself. See, the whole reason I'm taking so much time on this is if I can get you to believe the right thing, you'll do the right thing. Right believing produces right living. You've got to believe God is your father. You've got to believe that you're a son, so that when your father gives you an instruction, you know what he's doing. He's being my father. He's not just being unreasonable. Well, it's 2020, man. Everybody's sleeping around. Man, come on. This ain't, this ain't you know we ain't living in walking through sand in Jerusalem, <laughs> rocking sandals. Come on, man. We're we supposed to do that. You're supposed to do that because you got to understand you're in a new family now, yeah. and in this family, your dad loves you so much that he doesn't let you do stuff that is not good for you. Right. Right. Amen? Amen. The boundaries in my house when I was growing up kept me alive. <laughs> kept me alive. The guys that were doing things that I'm not—I wasn't allowed to do. Some of them aren't here anymore. Man, I wanted to be like them so bad, too. Come on, y'all remember. Go back in time. You remember those high school years? Your mom or your dad would be like, you need to come home. Dang, you have to be the one square leaving the play. I got to go home. Dude, it's only 12. I know. My curfew's in 15 minutes. My, and, you, and you're mad going home, plotting out, running away, <laughs> plotting it out. Maybe I should just run away. I wonder, wonder if the Labrados will let me come live with them. You know, I don't know. Just try to work this out. You know, and, and you do that, but then when you get older, you understand, wow, thank God I had a mom and dad that didn't let me go out, didn't let me, you know, do that, didn't let me be alone with my girlfriend, didn't let me be alone with my girlfriend. Oh, they're good kids. Yeah, they're good kids with genitalia. They're good kids with hormones. It's what they are. So they need a father and a mother yes. to set some boundaries. Yes. Yes. Amen? Amen? Amen. So that's what a father does. Number two, father creates identity. A father creates identity. Basically, what that translates into is a father tells you who you are. Who's your father? It's God. Who should you listen to about who you are? His word. Yes. Come on. Not your race, not your culture. Not your, not your biological family. Your identity must come from your daddy. Yes. Yeah. Are you seeing how this works? If you don't grasp that he's your daddy, you'll believe something different about yourself. Yeah. You'll start believing, well, I'm just, you know, the homegirl from South Sac, grew up on the streets. No, you're more than that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just a homie, you know, you throw up your sign, this is where I come from, this is my hood, you know. <laughs> you're more than that. You're more than that. You're more than that. You're more than your race. You're more than where you're coming. You're more than your, your financial status. You've got to learn to jump into this word and let the Father tell you this is your identity. This is who we are. My wife and I would both have talks with our kids. Hey, no, no, this is who we are. The Lamones don't do that. We don't, we don't do that. That's not, that, that's not what we do. That's not how we are. So we ha- we, 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 what are we trying to do? Create identity. Because if you don't create identity in the home fathers, somebody else will tell your kids who they are. And they'll get their values from TV, their favorite rapper, their favorite R&B artist, their, you know, their cousins, their street, whatever. But identity is supposed to come from the father. Amen. Amen. Number three. The father creates culture. Culture. The father creates culture. What is culture? Basically, it's this. Culture is how you do things. How you do things. And you know how a father creates culture? He models it. He models it. Fathers in the house, what do your kids see when they see you? Do they just see this? Go Niners. (laughs) Go Raiders. Only time you get emotional is at a football game. I love football. My kids see that, but they see way much more. Stuff they probably don't want to see. I lose my temper sometimes. I get hangry sometimes. Right? But in all that, my wife said, yep. But in all that, guess what I'm doing? I'm creating culture for them. Guys, if you didn't have a father in the home, you didn't get that. And so it begins to be a thing of like, okay, I understand that. So here's what you got to do. You got to learn how to be a good father from your heavenly father, because one day you will model culture for your kids. You will model it. It's It's not about sitting down with them and teaching them. It's about what they're raised around, watching you. They watch how you go to work. They watch how you talk about work. They watch how you talk about your boss. They hear how you talk bad about your pastor. (laughs) Not here, though. Not here, amen. We don't don't get down like that here. But if you do, they watch that. And you know what you're teaching them in the culture of who you are? We talk bad about people. And it's completely okay. We're haters in this family. We hate on people that are better than us. Is that the culture you want to pass on to your kids? That's the culture some of us had, if we're honest, right? Hispanic families, don't we do that sometimes? You get that one cousin that gets the good job, and you're like, see how long that lasts. (laughs) Walk into the party, he gets a promotion. Oh, Mr. Big Shot's here. Hmm, Must be nice, making all that money. Haters. Your kids grow up not knowing how to celebrate others. Your kids grow up with just this thing of they're lesser. Guys, fathers create culture. We create culture. So here's what God's trying to do as your father. He's trying to create a culture in you. But guess what is warring against that? The world. The world's trying to tell you how to be a man. The world's trying to tell you how to raise a family. The world's trying to tell you, hey, it's okay. You know, you have kids over here. You have kids over there. And please, I'm not not trying to make anybody you know, feel uncomfortable or anything. And I get it. There's no condemnation as I say that. But all I'm saying is going forward, we just correct it. Yeah. Yeah. I have a past too. I did a ton of stuff that I shouldn't have did. But when I come to Christ, the beauty of it is I don't let it hold me back. I start from here. That's good. And so, you know, you, you, maybe you've been married before. Hey, don't, don't wear a, a, a badge of dishonor the rest of your life. You're in Christ now. Right. Old things are passed away. Remember, everything's new. So what I like to tell my divorce, divorced friends is, hey, this next one's got to work. Come on, somebody. This next one's got to work. Let's make it work. Let's do this right. You got another chance. Let's do this right. Amen? Amen. Smile at me. That's how we got to look at life. I made some mistakes, but this next one, ooh, she ain't even ready. He ain't even ready. He they, ain't, they don't make him like me no more. Come on, somebody. Get excited about where you're going you excited. Use that grace for what it's supposed to be for. Don't walk around like, yeah, I, I got a divorce. No, it's under the blood. It's gone. I learned some stuff from that. Amen? I learned some things. I'm ready. Ooh, this next woman, she going she to need to send my, my ex a check because I learned some stuff. I learned. I learned how to be a good man. I learned how to be a good woman. Amen? So those are things a father does. Can I just tell you a couple things about the image of a father in today's world? This is pretty much what most people, only things people know about a father. Number one, a father takes care of physical needs. That's what this generation looks at and says, oh, that's what a father does. But can I tell you, he does so much more than that. How do we know that that's what people view a father? Because when I see fathers, that's all they're consumed with. Let me... Take care of physical needs. Hey, you got a roof over your head. You got clothes. See, some of you think that's all a father is. He's so much more than that. And if you're a father, be much more than that. That's a good place to start because some of us didn't even have that. Second thing in uh, the image of today's father is, for most people, is a father is one that gives gifts but never gives himself. He gives gifts, feels real good about getting their kids the latest game system. Your kid's three and he's got a PS4. <laughs> and you post it on, oh, I got my baby, the PS4, he's three. <laughs> and, and you feel good about it because, see, for most of us, a father just, that's what a father is. And, you know, you get on Facebook and you see those posts and you see so many people, oh, you're such a good dad. See, in their eyes... That's a good dad. But you know what a better dad is? No, son, you can't have that. Got no amens on that. Dang, Pastor, you just mean. A good father sometimes has to say, no, you ain't ready for that. Here's another good one, a good father line. Y'all ready? Son, you don't need that. Anybody ever heard that? It's like moms. Mom, I want a hamburger. We got food at home. I frijoles, I don't. You ever heard that one? Those are good fatherly, motherly things. You know why? Because a father cannot be reduced to a giver of gifts, but not a giver of himself. So in divorced homes, I remember I grew up, I had a friend, his, his mom and dad divorced, and whenever, I, I would only see him when he was at his dad's. So he, when he was at his dad's, he'd invite me over. This kid got everything he wanted because his dad only got him on the weekends. So we went to Chuck E. Cheese. We we ate whatever we want. We watched whatever movies we wanted. We did everything, because it was his weekend. And his father felt really good about that role. And I get to hang out with him. So sometimes I'll be going home going, dang, I wish my mom and dad would get a divorce. (laughs) Real talk. We're like, dang, he's got it made. He gets whatever he wants. Why did he get whatever he wants? Because his father only took that role of understanding this. A father gives gifts, but what his father wasn't giving, and I was in the home, wasn't giving himself. So father's in the house. That's great. You want to bless your kids? I love blessing my kids. I love it. But there's sometimes times you got to tell them no. And you, know why, you know why they got to learn no in your home? Because life says no. People that don't know the word no go rob banks because they're used to getting whatever they want. And when they can't get whatever they want, they find a way to get whatever they want. And so they'll rip people off. They'll cheat at work. They'll sell drugs. They'll do whatever because I'm going to get what I want. No, you need a father that tells you sometimes, son, you don't get what you want and you're happy about it. Smile at me, church. Amen. It's so true. It's so true. Now, I've said a lot about, mo- uh, about fathers, but, you know, sometimes when I do this, my wife and I have dialogue about it, sometimes when I do this, I don't want single moms to get discouraged. Can we hear a good God bless for single moms in the house? <laughs> because you that have been raised by single moms can relate to what I'm saying because moms can also play the role of fathers when a father is not in the house. Amen? Amen. Some of you single moms have done an amazing, amazing job. You have. And you need to keep doing those, the job that way. And understanding is, I hope you're taking notes about these things, like, wow, well, we don't have a father in my house, so I have to enforce these boundaries. So I have to push identity. So I've got a model what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You can do this if there's not a father in the home. Amen? Does that help anybody? Praise God. And let's lift up our single moms in that way. But understand this, guys. We've got to get a grasp on who our Heavenly Father is. Because understanding who our Heavenly Father is is going to change everything for you. It's going to change a couple things, and we're going to talk more about this next week. It's got to confront that little orphan Annie mentality in all of us that doesn't understand what it's like to be in an awesome family. You are not alone. It is not just you and God against the world. You have brothers and sisters. And what's the number one thing parents want from their kids? To get along with each other. And all the parents said, Ooh, my heart longs for that. Amen. Not that my kids are like, all, but you know what I'm saying? The greatest blessing is when the kids get along. Guess what God wants? He wants y'all to get along. He wants us to get along. And when we do, we find greater blessing. Because remember, he's creating boundaries. Why does he want us to get along with each other? Because see, you think you're coming to church to get something from me. It could be you're a part of this church because there's some people in these aisles that are going to change your life if you let them in. There are some brothers and sisters here that are going to enrich your life beyond your greatest understanding. And so God's trying to get you to get to know them. Amen. Amen. So he tells us things like this. Forsake not the assembling of yourself. Can I challenge you on some things? Y- y'all ready for this as I let you go? Yes. No, you're not ready for this? Yes. Sit in different places. Got real quiet in this Baptist church. I know where some of you are at every Sunday. Got yeah. challenge you? Just a challenge. You don't have to do it if you don't want to. Sit different places. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sit around some different folk. But, Pastor, I like this view right here, though. This is the view right here. I just, I don't know. I sat over there one time. I didn't like it. I just was like, ugh. But maybe somebody over there needs to sit next to you. Amen. Amen? Amen? Maybe somebody over here needs something from over here. I'm just saying. Amen? Just saying. We are family. Put that hashtag back up there. We are family. But make no bones about it. The cornerstone of the family. The greatest blessing that you have is understanding that God is your father. Which means he's going to create boundaries. There's going to be some things as a child of God you don't do anymore. You don't do anymore. If you're a son, if you're a son, all right, there's so much made about, you know, we love to critique our parents. Well, my dad was never there for me. Well, my dad never said I'm proud of you. You know what? I I used to think that sometimes, but then one day the Holy Spirit arrested me and He said, "Well, what'd you get him? What'd you give him to make you proud? Make him proud? What'd you do that he could be proud of?" And I said, "Nothing." <laughs> and it was true. But see, some of y'all, we just love. Well, my dad never told me he loved me. Did you tell him you loved him? My parents don't even call me. Do you call them? See, come on, man. Let's, let, let's grow up a little bit. Let's start understanding this. Before you start saying, well, my dad, my mom, they weren't good parents. Can I ask you something? Were you a good son? Are you a good daughter? Like, let's own that. We can't do nothing about them. But you know what I learned a long time ago? I could do something about me. And here's the greatest statement. you got to catch this today. I say it all the time. When you change, everything else changes. When you change, everything changes. You want a better marriage? Change. You want better kids? Change. You want a better job? Change. You want a boyfriend? Change. You want a girlfriend? Change. I think Pac said it best, Right? see no changes. No, 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 I don't want to get into that. But can we make a declaration based on this revelation? That God is a good, good father. And you are his sons and daughters. And when you read the word and he's telling you, don't do this, quit doing that, it's your father giving you boundaries. When he's trying to convict you to change how you talk to your husband. Trying to get you, convict you to change. Quit yelling at them kids. He's trying to create culture. When you're reading about Jesus and you're seeing how he lived his life, he is modeling for you what a man is. And let's obey the biggest thing. Let's love each other because we are family. Hey, everybody, Pastor Sergio here, and we just want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Make sure you check us out next week as we continue this series.